Hello, hello, and good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome to the show today, and I am so thrilled to have our guest with us today, who um, I'll introduce in a moment, but Doug Smith, who is also uh, one of my fellow co-stars in the movie Becoming the Keys, which will be released January 17th. Um, in fact, the red carpet world premiere will be in Las Vegas, most of you know by now. Um, and we would love for you to join us, but we'll chat more about that later. But please let me welcome uh, Doug Smith to the show. And Doug, uh, you may know that name because Doug is a former NHL hockey player who um, you know, suffered a life-altering injury and then led into, and I'll let him speak more to, uh, his brilliant work on the impact of emotional trauma and is the author of The Trauma Code, Thriving in Transition, and the founder of the brilliant System 438. So welcome, Doug. Thank you for making time for us today. No, thanks, Kelly. So tell us, tell us more about you, because I know that is just the tip of the iceberg. Let, let's um, let the listeners know a little more about you. Oh, well, I live in Ottawa, uh, which is the capital of Canada up here in Ontario. And um, we spend a lot of time on the water. Uh, I'm fortunate to have a second chance to do all these fun things. And so I choose to live by the water. Wonderful. Yes. Well, maybe just catch us up real brief on sort of your injury, if you don't mind, and then sort of how you sort of got into doing what you do now. Oh, yes, uh, of course. So, so at 18 years old, mm -hmm. uh, I was an elite NHL hockey player. I was, uh, I was drafted at 18 uh, by the Los Angeles Kings. I went to LA. Uh, I, I was the youngest player to ever play for the Los Angeles Kings at that time. And when I was 29 years old, in game 607, I went headfirst full speed into the end boards. And I shattered the fifth and sixth cervical vertebrae in my neck. And three surgeries later, uh, I woke up in ICU uh, paralyzed from the chest down. So that, that's a demarcation point in my life because every person who suffers a spinal cord injury um, wants to die. And, and, and it, I clearly wanted to die during that period in my life. So it, it was the low point. I went from the very highest point that, that I think one can imagine to the very lowest point in, in, uh, in, in, in a split second. Mm. No kidding. I, I, well, I just can't even imagine being only 18 and being drafted to a professional NHL hockey team. And then, you know, sort of have, have this happen to, you know, ending basically your career and your whole identity, I can imagine. You know, Kelly, when I hit the boards, the experience um, was incredible. It was a big flash of light. And it was like when I was lying on the ice, I was still conscious. And, and it was like a, there was a picture book. I had in my hand that you could flip through. Do you remember those picture books that you can flip through and yeah. see the story? And, and I was able to, to, to stop it at all the spots in my life, a lot of spots in my life where I had treated people inappropriately or incorrectly, or maybe I could have done better. And, and when I was lying on the ice, I made a commitment that I was going to do better. And, and that was the first sign of system 438 when I was lying on the ice after I broke my neck. And 
and it's hard for people to understand, but it, it sort of came to me that, that, that I had to figure out a better way. And as I did it, I kept track of what I did. And then neuroscience caught up. Mm-hmm. And, and let me share with you how it works. It's called System 438 for this reason. There's an awareness that needs to occur. And that is the number four. There are four types of trauma. Mm. Wonderful. Let us know about that. Catastrophic physical trauma. Mm-hmm. We know it when we see it, right? We know it when we have it. Catastrophic emotional trauma. We know it. Can't hide it. Mm-hmm. Cumulative physical trauma, which, you know, we know what we're doing. It's just sometimes you see the symptoms too late, right? Yes. And then the fourth one, the ticking time bomb, is cumulative emotional trauma, which looks like carbon monoxide to the human brain. Mm-hmm. We know that the human brain can't see it because the human brain adjusts and then the things that were painful become normal and then you just live in pain all the time. We know this about the human brain. Mm-hmm. So the, what, what happens when you suffer from a trauma? Mm-hmm. Any four of the trauma causes a disruption in the brain between the conscious and subconscious. And that disruption will cause you to behave in ways and you won't know why you're behaving that way. That's why when you reach out to somebody who's suffering from trauma and you tell them about it, they lash out at you because they can't see it. That's right. And so the way that you, that you settle this disruption down, that you undo, unlock this, is by understanding that the subconscious brain controls us. So it is 95% of our human functioning. It is responsible for almost everything in our body, and it, and it operates on a subconscious level. It only has three priorities and get this, there's only three. And if you serve these three priorities, yeah. you're halfway there. Mm-hmm. Meeting basic needs. Mm-hmm. Roof over your head, food on the table, warmth, hugs, meeting basic needs. If, if you're not meeting your basic needs, your 800-pound gorilla, the subconscious brain will walk all over you. Mm-hmm. Clarity of thought is number mm-hmm. two. The brain loves to be able to think clearly. The subconscious wants to be able to think clearly like like you get from yoga and meditation and these things where the scientific studies are piling up. It needs to think clearly. It wants to think clearly. Mm -hmm. You will be calm if you have clarity of thought. And the last one, the simplest one, the easiest one for us to, to use is helping other people. Your subconscious brain has an innate desire to help other people. It changes us when we hold a door for somebody. It changes us when we pick up a piece of garbage that isn't ours and we put it in the, gar- in the garbage. Mm-hmm. And so we have three priorities. We have meeting basic needs, clarity of thought, and helping other people. Mm-hmm. And those three priorities can be fed by eight very specific behaviors. And I'm not going to tell you my story of these behaviors, too much of it, but you can grab my book and you can get the rest of the story. Behavior one, belief in self. I was diagnosed with rickets when I was 18 months old and I was put into leg braces as a child. You wouldn't have found a doctor anywhere that would have said I would make it to the NHL by the time I was 18. I was in leg braces as a child. My mother built my belief. She gave me this gift and belief is a gift that we give to other people freely. Yes. So belief in self is number one. Motivation is number two. If you want to know about motivation, just look up the self-determination theory, autonomy, competence, and relatedness. Mm-hmm. Focus, number three. That's the third behavior. Focus. You need to get focus. I was diagnosed with ADHD, ADD. Mm-hmm. When I was 13, my mom took me to transcendental meditation instead of putting me on medication. Mm-hmm. And it saved my life later in life when I was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. It allowed me peace. 
-hmm. Number four, trust. You know, Kelly, when we trust each other, when I trust you, I can rapidly internalize your belief in me. It's called mirror neurons, University of yeah. Parma. The studies are conclusive. The brain now extends beyond the confines of the skull. Focus can be cultivated. Focus and trust are competitive advantages. Mm -hmm. So boom, I make it to the NHL. I got four behaviors that drive me. Yes. I didn't need the other four I'm going to explain, but what happened was, I went into the boards head first and I woke up to the other four behaviors and here they are. Yeah. When I went into the boards, I became aware. Awareness mm -hmm. is a competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the way you get awareness is by accepting feedback. Feedback is lubricant for awareness. Everything starts with awareness. That's where my life started. It didn't end there. It started there. Mm -hmm. The next one, asking for help. I was conditioned. I believe that asking for help was a sign of weakness. Asking for help is a sign of strength. We know this now. Mm -hmm. Ask for help. You'll be better. Try to figure out one thing a week that you can ask for help with. Emotional control is behavior number seven. Mm -hmm. I was conditioned to lose emotional control. I got rewarded for losing emotional control. I got two minutes in the penalty box for what you would get 15 years in jail for. And everybody patted me on the back. And all the fans cheered for what I was doing. Emotional control has been one of the most difficult things for me. Mm -hmm. You can practice meditation. Mm -hmm. You can go to yoga. These things all help me. Mm -hmm. And the last one is purpose. I didn't have a purpose. The team gave me my purpose. The league gave me my purpose. Mm -hmm. My purpose in the NHL was score goals and defend net. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I put on my CV. Yeah. There, there wasn't any purpose. Yeah. What I've learned is that purpose is not that easy to find, but here's how I found it. I do a lot of deep work in deep thinking, neuroscience. Uh, I'm on the edge, of, cutting edge of the brain. But this is, I, this is where I found my purpose, I imagined myself dying by the side of the road. Okay. And somebody I didn't know came by and gave me a piece of paper and I had three minutes to write down my purpose. And it would have to be so compelling that they would leave me to die, but they would have to tell somebody else. And that's how I found purpose. So that's the only way I can advise other people to find purpose is to imagine coming up with something so compelling that somebody that doesn't know you will, will be so compelled that they have to give it to somebody else. And I believe that's what we're here for. So mm -hmm. that system, 438, the four types of trauma, catastrophic physical, catastrophic emotional, cumulative physical, cumulative emotional. Mm -hmm. Watch out for cumulative emotional in the workplace. Yes. Three priorities of the subconscious brain. Know those because you want to feed them. And then the eight behaviors that you can cultivate, that science shows us that work. And all of a sudden, you have a system that you start using, and then, you, then it'll become a filter within 18 months. Mm -hmm. And you'll start using it as a filter so that you can filter out and protect yourself. Use it as a suit of armor because, you know, not everybody's trying to help you out there. And that's important, mm -hmm. right? If you have a suit of armor and you could tell that it's coming at you, you can just step out of the way quietly and move on with your life and not have to bother with, that type of insanity because it, it is out there. So mm -hmm. that's my system. I stumbled into the boards. I was on a bad path. I stumbled into the boards. The impact was the same as you accelerating from zero to 60 miles an hour, a hundred kilometers an hour in a third of a second. 
And so I shattered my neck in over 200 places and tore all the ligaments in the back of my neck. And I got a second chance. And my choice during that period of time was just to do better, not to be the best. I was conditioned to be the best. Yes. But I learned that it's not about being the best in the world. It's about being the best for the world. So that's what I try to leave my audiences with. And, and I, hope, I hope that makes sense to your audience, Kelly. Well, I think absolutely it, it makes a perfect sense to me. And I can't imagine that it doesn't. And, and you know, I mean, I really would encourage all of our listeners to, to find Doug and find his work and attend some of his speaking engagements and, um, and facilitated um, uh, workshops. And so, you know, Doug, with that, maybe we'll just let the audience know where they can find you. And also... The author, the name of your book, you've got two books, yes, right? Yes, so, so, so the traumacode.com goes to me. Okay. Um, System438.com goes to me. Okay. Uh, DougSmithPerformance.com goes to me. I came from the IT world, so when I broke my neck, I, I rose up to the top of the IT industry by 2001. And, uh, and wow. so I, I was very uh, into domain names back in the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> So, so a lot of stuff feeds to me today, just for, just for your listeners. I, I hope you can find me, but if you can't, uh, you know, just type in Doug Smith NHL and you'll grab me. Yes. Wonderful. Fabulous. Well, you know, there's so much that we could dive in there, um, and talk about, um, you know, because of course, you know, I, you know, I mean, you know, I've studied neuroscience for many years and certainly use, you know, that methodology in my coaching practice as well. And and in fact, this last week, we lost one of the greats in uh, neuroscience and conversational intelligence founder, Judith E. Glaser, who was one of my mentors and dear friends. Wow, and, so sorry. Uh, I'm just proud to take some of her work forward in the world because it's brilliant. And, and neuroscience is not just, I find in the corporate world and executive coaching, even leaders will say, Oh, what's the neuroscience behind that? And it's kind of like for the cool kids, neuroscience is like a trending word. But for us who've been in the industry for many years, it's been part of our learning and part of our education. So if you're going to yeah. understand human beings, you know, neuroscience and the brain study of the brain definitely comes in understanding why we do what we do and our behaviors and what's the outcome and the payoff and how can we leverage some of that and, and of course, begin to understand and bring awareness to some of some of the things we maybe don't want to continue to do so or what's getting in our most, way to do the most good and, yes. and, and to not do damage and not be aware of it. Yes. Absolutely. You're always going to do damage. You're always going to be make mistakes, but you know, it's your awareness to be able to correct those mistakes, you know, mm -hmm. is where deep learning is going. And that's just a natural process. I, I watch rooms of women convert very, very high. Like, like we're talking three, 400% in only 20 minutes to 30 minutes. I can move them and yes. men are still stuck at about, you know, 20%. You're talking 300% of women are going this direction and 20% 20, 20 of men are going this direction almost automatically. So that's why women are taking over the world because you're yes. doing things like this and you're open, random and supportive as opposed to close, selective and controlling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it, I mean, there, and there's hard science behind that. And, um, you know, not that the male brain is much different than the female brain, but there definitely are behaviors and learned behaviors that, that just make that, that ability to sort of be open to influence and be open to, to become coachable period, but also open to new ways of thinking and, 
perhaps maybe even a whole new belief system to set behind that. Um, it's true that, that men are sometimes a little slower um, to sort of come to play, but once they're there, it's amazing. They're fully engaged and I, I love it. That, you know, the 86% of my client base are male. So I say that with some expertise and some experience. Um, but, you know, I, I, I love the saying, which I've used for years, which is, you know, you can't coach a vampire not to bite. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're either coachable or you're not coachable at this moment. But it takes more than just, you know, a vampire is always going to bite, right? So an NHL hockey player will say, as an example, may always identify with being the guy that's in the penalty box. That's what he gets paid for, right? But it's about an inner transformation to become something other than the vampire or other than the NHL hockey player. And so it's 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 kind of it's so interesting. I, I had to revert back my my mother was I was an only child and my mother had me when she was 19. Yeah. So I had to revert back to the right brain. I, I, I'm a right brain thinker. I'm a, I'm a high analytic right brain thinker. No, people don't meet hockey players, NHL hockey players that are right brain, pure right brain thinkers. Yeah, not so usually. I had to go back to that way of thinking. I had to go back to way, the way my mother thought, yeah. right? And the way she moved. So, so that's what I had to grab onto because, yeah. because that, that, that's the most vivid memory to me. The hockey stuff, it came and it went. Yeah. And, and very little meaning inside of the game. I mean, you know, it was a dog-eat-dog, vicious world. Yes. But, but, but the place that I've chosen to go back to, the reason I've healed is because I've gone back to the, to the belief system my mother instilled in me. So that I, I firmly believe that. I'm seeing it happening. And, I, and my brain continues to get better every day because I'm working on the new technology that's around the brain. I figured I might as well get next to it. I'm, I'm pretty susceptible to, you yeah. know, all those things. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, I think it's so interesting that, uh, I mean, I didn't know this about you, actually, about the ADD, ADHD, because we share that in common. I also was diagnosed with ADD, not ADHD, ADD. But I always saw it as a gift. I've done plenty of speaking and coaching around it. Um, Do you know many CEOs actually have it and see it as a gift, including Sir Richard Branson, who is one of my mentors, and I've had the chance to meet him. He's amazing, wonderful, Um, and just impacts the world in such a beautiful way. Um, And then also overcoming trauma, right, which is why we're both in this movie. Everyone has a story in this world, and it's not a competition. Pain is pain, as I always say. But, you know, it's the overcome. So, yes, driven to success, <clears throat> using that ADD as a, as a gift. You know, I was very successful in the corporate world as a very young VP, um, responsible for, you know, $600 million worth of business. So, um, and then having, you know, to overcome trauma, deep yes. trauma, which is, yes, it changes the brain and it is held in ourselves. I mean, uh, trauma release exercise and, and and yoga and meditation, all of these things to release from ourselves and our and our brain um, the trauma that's held there and suffering from PTSD and and all of that. And I use horses and equestrianity yes. and all of that to help with that too. But you know, tell us about some of the things that you did to heal yourself or reignite you when you had to overcome this trauma before you built the program. If you, if you want to deal with trauma, it's, it's one-tenth of one percent of a thousand different pathways. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean is you just, you just don't stop after going to six or seven or eight or nine or ten. 
you know, you, you got to just keep going. If you're not, if you don't identify with the person who's treating you, if, if there's any type of feeling intuition going on where it's like, you don't feel well, even going there to meet with, just stop, stop going there. Yeah. You know, it's, our body tells us what we need to know. And, and, and I, you know, I, I was surrounded by people who, who, who are very intuitive about these things. And, and it led me to places you can go to anatomyoftrauma.com. There's an article on me uh, and anatomy of trauma. Everybody should see it. It's a 20 day program and it literally removes the trauma from you because ah. it all can be seen through the way that you move. Right. And, and if you're trained properly, you can see the trauma in people where it's coming from and what actually resides there. It's, uh -huh. it's not, it, it's not really a debate anymore. And, and if we can, you know, I hope this gets out to people like what we're talking about now, as opposed yeah. to my story, you know, yeah. get engaged with neuroscience. I'm telling people just get engaged with it as fast as you can. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 and even if you're not overcoming a trauma, I mean, you know, brain hacking and all of that, you know, the basis of that is actual hard science, you know, I oh, mean, it's, it's, gamers. it's gamers, gamers, yeah. they want this stuff, they want to speed, they want to speed up that brain, they want to make it go as fast as they can. That's such a yeah. huge growing industry. Huh? And yeah, I mean, people are afraid of it. And yeah. my, my feeling is if you're afraid of it, get closer to it. So yeah, you're, right. you're getting closer to it. I'm getting closer to it. It's funny. Yeah. Huh? It's all yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that fear thing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just cool. And it's just so interesting. And it just, you know, it lets you lightly enter perhaps the world of personal development, um, just learning about yourself and learning about how you, how your brain operates and and how your brain takes things out and processes and and affects our behaviors and our dna i mean good god it I could so, go so I, i'll give i'll give your 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 viewers a little hint yes um the brain codes itself before it becomes conscious mm -hmm. so that coding can intercept conscious awareness mm -hmm. yes okay, so we can we can write code to, to intercept what the brain's doing wrong before you become conscious of it doing wrong. Yeah. That's why okay, so think about that. What means to mental health? Yeah. Okay. If the brain codes itself before the brain comes conscious, that makes the environment around the human brain more critical than the brain itself. Yes. It's the environment you put your brain in that, that's going to impact it the most, more than you could impact it yourself. Yeah. Way more. Uh, absolutely and uh, and exactly because you know we have you know our brain and all the pieces of the brain but we have our heart brain and we have our gut brain and we have neurons everywhere in our body in particular the most concentration in our gut so yes it is it's an unbelievably interesting juicy uh, area of science which I know you and I could go on and on and on uh, <laughs> and we will but not here today okay. Uh, and so I hate that we have to draw to a close, but I do like to keep my podcast short and sweet and meant to be um, impactful. So thank you for sharing your wisdom, Doug. It's just been wonderful. And But with that, I always like to close with asking, what do you do on a daily basis to ignite yourself or reignite or ignite other people, in particular when you're not really feeling it, when you're maybe not having a great day? I do at least uh, 30 minutes of meditation a day. Mm -hmm. Love that. Uh, so, I, you know, and, and monthly, I do get away 
my wife and I do get away at least monthly to a spa, you know, to go through the whole process, you know, at least once a month. So every day I can do that. It doesn't cost anything to meditate, you know, go to mindfulness-based stress reduction, get on one of those programs. If you want to learn TM, learn it. Yeah. But do some type of mindfulness work, not just the stuff they're teaching you at the office. You know, do stuff at home. Don't, don't make somebody force you to do it. Just get into the rhythm. And, and so that, that, that helps me a tremendous amount. Yeah. No, I love that. And, and I love that coming from a hockey player. <laughs> I never did. Just do it, damn it. When I played, I never would have I, I even considered it. Never would have considered it. But I think it has huge credibility coming from you, Doug, and not just because you were a hockey player. I'm being facetious. No, if I knew if I knew what I know now, I would use it when I was playing then because it was would result in more goals. I know that now, but I missed that window. Yeah, totally, totally. But you still have an opportunity. I, I coach a lot of professional athletes, actually, Olympic athletes, uh, NBA, NHL, CFL. NHL and actually the sevens rugby. I've I've coached many professional. So you, you would be amazed how neuroscience fits into sports psychology and, and the coaching of athletes. It's the same. The brain is the brain, whether it's an executive or an athlete, high performer, someone who's just a high potential looking to reach to the next level or everyone. So it's, 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 I'll I'll leave your audience with this, Kelly, Hmm. where you're at in your life is not a reflection of your potential where you where you are at in your life is a reflection of your conditioning uh potential is unlimited and unpredictable it's playing the lottery don't play there go there every now and then work your imagination a little bit but come back to conditioning the answers that we're going to find on neuroscience and conditioning yes really not a debate in academic circles anymore so Focus on your conditioning, spend some time there, not just on the blue sky, and it will result in massive success for you. Yeah. Thank, thanks awesome. so much, Kelly. Yes. Well, thank you, Doug. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you in Las Vegas uh, yeah. for our yeah. world premiere for the movie, Becoming the Keys. Can't wait. And, um, and with that, uh, I wish all of you a beautiful day and get out there and ignite or reignite yourself, your family, your team, or your organization, and let's change the world together. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, Doug.